Welcome to Where the Big Boys Play. Welcome to 20 Years of Nitro. Uh, breaking news edition? Emergency? Di- I mean, it's not an emergency. <laughs> it feels like an emergency, though, right? <laughs> uh, we are recording this very special piece of audio to discuss the news that dropped, uh, nay, but four or five hours ago mm-hmm. that, uh, as far as I understand, effective immediately, basically, uh Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are joining WWE as executive directors of uh, Raw and SmackDown, respectively. So Paul Heyman will be the executive director of Raw and uh, Eric Bischoff, which is why we're talking about it, Mm -hmm. will be the executive director of SmackDown. Now, if you're like me and you're hearing this news for the first time, you're probably thinking we mean as on-screen authority figures. My friend, that is not what we mean. Right. Yeah, I was just trying to find it because I uh, received a message from um, from you and from my yeah. brother <laughs> yeah. within about seven minutes of each other this morning. Yeah. And I didn't see because my brother was one that posted the actual news from Sports Illustrated. Sure. Yeah. But I didn't see that. And I was reading like both these messages. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I don't get this. And then I, I read it. And then it is. It's baffling because like the your first reaction is that these are going to be like um, like they're going to be commissioners. Yeah, like you, right. That, that would be your that was, assumption. That I think is most people's immediate reaction. Here's the quote from WWE. Uh, quote, Eric, Heyman and Bischoff will, quote, oversee the creative development of WWE's flagship programming and ensure integration across all platforms and lines of business. The creation of these roles further establishes WWE's ability to continuously reinvent its global brand while providing two distinct creative processes for its flagship shows. Uh, that's really... All we know concretely right now, mm-hmm. there are many questions. Uh, how much creative freedom can they possibly have given that, as always, they answer to Vince McMahon? And uh, they answer very directly to Vince McMahon. These newly created corporate positions, they are answerable only to Vince. They don't have to go through Kevin Dunn, who goes through Triple H, who goes to Vince. Right. The way that it was, the story was written anyway is that they will be answerable directly to Vince. Right. Yeah, and so I mean, the first couple of things that that came to mind because there are I mean there are a few people on on Twitter that were talking about like, you know, SmackDown's about to become like this valued um, commodity for for Fox. I mean, it's going to be promoted during NFL games, right? <laughs> um, but I think one po- important thing is to realize like that's months away, right? And we're talking about uh, a guy that changes things daily. Sure. So, for like for uh, like like you mentioned. No one's quite sure. I mean, the assumption is that this is immediate, but WWE, as far as I know, has not announced yeah. when these are effective. And who knows, like, how long it'll end up even lasting either. Right. Uh, I think the optimistic part of it is when you're kind of reading the actual, like, statement is that, in theory, this is suggesting that Raw and SmackDown are going to be distinct again, mm-hmm. in which they in th- hopefully are not just bringing, like, Roman Reigns to be on both shows, bringing, like, the top five or six guys to be on both shows and make, right. make them distinctly different and have their own, 
like the, their own rosters and have like their own like focus for those. So that yeah. that to me would be like the optimistic part that I get out of the whole announcement. Yeah, if nothing else, if this results in Raw and SmackDown getting distinctive sets, commentary teams, and just feel, if Raw feels different from SmackDown, right, that would be intriguing. It might not be successful, but it would be at least something to like give me something. And, and, yeah. and lately, and I try not to talk about this um, too much anyway on Twitter on the show. Because I, I, I never want to be one of those guys who just doesn't shut up about how much he doesn't like the WWE or how it's not good now. I, I just don't. I am a negative person. I'm just going to break about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. Uh-huh. But it's just a real drag when, when the focus of all someone's commentary is on how much something sucks, especially if it's something you like. Yeah. If someone listens to our show and they love Raw and SmackDown now, mm-hmm. what good does it do them to tune in every week where I'm supposed to talk about Nitro and all I talk about is how I don't like... Uh, uh, Shane McMahon you know what I mean sure um so where was I going with that uh my point is for someone like me who is not watching and and for specific reasons there's things I don't like about it right that are preventing me from enjoying it mm-hmm. uh if, if you just give me something and and a, a thing that would be huge is just if those two shows felt differently because then I can pick one and even if I don't love it even if it's not like watching 2000 era raw right uh I could still be like, oh, man, SmackDown's so much better than Raw. It's just, like, giving me a little team to root for. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and to feel like if you're watching one show or the other that you're getting something a little bit different because yeah. they're supposed to be different programs. Um, and so if one of them is like, well, I'm not really enjoying this story or this character yeah. that you could tune in the, the next day to the next one. Or I don't even remember how they're going to be. Is SmackDown's moving to a different... SmackDown, I think, is going back to Fridays. Fridays, yep. okay. Yeah, so if you're... If you, if they're providing more of an option for their programs to be like, these are going to have different characters, yeah. different things are going to be going on. And if you have like, if one show doesn't interest you, then maybe something on the other show will. Again, that's why I feel like is the optimism. The more I thought about it, um, the, the, the question I, I have was because, and I just, to be open about it, I have not done any sort of like, I haven't been doing any additional reading yeah. or trying to re recall information. I can't. Re- I don't recall if Bischoff in his previous time with WWE, if he was he was only an on. He was strictly an on-screen character. He had no creative. He might have said, "I think this scene should go this way," but he did not have any right. creative input beyond maybe suggesting a couple things for his own character. Yeah, and uh, I and he I f- had no he had no backstage power certainly. And I feel like that that's something that he has stated as well. Like yeah, he talks I- about it in his book. He says, "I'm just a guy who shows up and learns a script," and I. He he's great at it. Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're we're together so we can record a, a regular episode of the show talking about a nitro. Like he's fantastic on that nitro, and it's his um it really his second promo as a heel, the one that we're gonna talk about later. Uh, so like one of the most surprising things in this announcement is they said at this time there's no plans for either to um to take this as an on-screen role i guess Heyman already is on screen as brock lesnar's advocate Mm -hmm. um but there's you know no plans uh, no plans is a pretty ambiguous statement right but to me if you've got eric bischoff under contract put that fucker on tv he's really good at it i yeah my i just my question is you know when i the more and more i thought about it i wondered what does eric bischoff in particular bring to the table Yes, because if we're talking about doing like a backstage role sort of thing, this is this is something that he has not done in like almost 20 years. Right. Uh, With the exception of TNA. 
which was a pretty sure. much a, a failure, his, his little Petri dish there. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I'm not right. trying to be insulting, yeah. but well, that's Vince's words. That was not a success. Yeah, yeah. And, and to also base it on how Vince remembers him. Sure. Because Vince does not know about his oh, TNA. Oh, sure. Like, yes, yes. He's recalling him from like, We've had like great meetings. He's like right. he seems like he knows a lot about wrestling. He joined the Kiss My Ass Club. He like we humiliated him the whole time he was an on screen character and he just put a smile on his face and said, Thank you for the opportunity and yeah, I think he was a model employee for Vince McMahon. Yeah, and I mean I think everyone can agree that these hirings are they are a hundred percent Vince McMahon's doing. If it was yeah. something where it was like maybe Triple H or Stephanie or Shane or anyone else is picking someone to be like, we want you to manage these brands. Yeah, they would. I think they would go with someone people that are a bit more recent. Well, can you? And who knows what's going on backstage there, and who what person wants to do what job? Right. But how must Shane McMahon feel right now? There's three brands. His brother-in-law is running one of them. Mm-hmm. His sister is not interested in running a brand. She's doing a whole lot of other shit. Her her plate's full. Yeah. And instead they bring in Paul Heyman, who makes perfect sense as a creative function. He he currently has had a lot of input on yeah. her storylines. Right. Because like the, react, the reaction I'm getting is no one's saying anything about the Paul Heyman part of it. Right. It's the Eric Bischoff part that is baffling. Because Paul Heyman has done that role for for WWE before. Yeah. I mean, I think his his booking during the, there was like that the SmackDown 6 era yep. that people like to refer to as like kind of like it's a, a golden age upon itself and that was uh that was all Heyman, so I think people are right. very optimistic about his part. Yeah. It is the Eric Bischoff part that are that people are just kind of scratching their heads about. I mean, there's some intrigue with Heyman certainly um cuz you know, he had two runs as like managing a brand there. One would be the ECW run which ended with December to dismember whatever that pay-per-view was. Oh, that yeah, was yeah, just yeah. terrible. Like an all-time worse. Like and a, then, and I don't know a ton about this. This is an era that's really kind of foggy for me. I just wasn't watching at the time. But I know that the time he was let go of being head of creative of SmackDown was because he was caught, like, uh, eavesdropping on Stephanie McMahon's calls. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, like, there is intrigue into giving him real backstage power again. Sure. Uh, so beyond, but, but uh, beyond Shane McMahon, like, is this... I wonder how Triple H feels about this. I wonder if he loves NXT so much that he doesn't care that he's not moving up if he's not getting called up to the big leagues. Yeah. Maybe he maybe he would prefer NXT to running Raw or SmackDown. I don't know. I I also find Triple H's like role in WWE in general to be very like like there's a lot of gray area there. I mean, I would assume that him and Stephanie are are right up there with Vince. Yeah. But it, it's never really it doesn't seem very defined as far as like how much he's influencing like all the brands. Uh, I mean, obviously his work he has extensive work on NXT, but he also has like a constant presence around when Raw and SmackDown are 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 airing. So yeah, I've always been kind of confused as far as his role is concerned. So uh, yeah, Bischoff hasn't done this successfully in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And even when he was doing it successfully, he was really just kind of arranging loosely the pieces on top while Kevin Sullivan was doing, like, the bulk of the work underneath. Right. And it was an era where you weren't really scripting promos. Yeah. um, Nearly to the degree you are now. So I've seen some speculation, and it is completely just speculation. Mm -hmm. Um, But some people, including former WCW, uh, uh, not only ring announcer, but backstage employee, 
uh, and, and executive, David Penzer, was speculating that in Heyman's case, even though they have the same title, it may be a case of Heyman is being brought on uh, to like genuinely head a creative team, and Bischoff may be brought on more to act as a liaison between the creative team and the executives at Fox, because oh, if there's sure. one thing that Eric yep. does have a lot of experience at, it's acting as a li- liaison between the wrestling side and a corporate side right? Uh, on the scale of a Fox or a Turner, yep. um, so that it may be more Eric's ability to s- talk the talk in a corporate setting mm-hmm. that is the reason why they're bringing him on. And yeah. again, that's just speculation, but it really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and that's kind of like the fun of it, too, is that, pe- um, you know, people on Twitter are trying to figure out how this works best. Yeah. When, when it's like, th- that's us exploring like beyond what they have announced. Right. Pretty yes. much. Because, uh, yeah, I felt the more I kind of did like more of a deep cut into just thinking about what Bischoff has done in wrestling. Yeah. A lot of it has not been on like the actual booking side of things. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of his best ideas was to bring in the New World Order, yep. but that was not an original idea. I mean, that was something that they that they got from the um, the New Japan um, Sorry, I was letting my dog upstairs. I'm probably not going to edit this at all so that we can get it out sooner. Sure. No, that makes sense. Um, and I yeah, did, so the... I, just, I just paused awkwardly <laughs> waiting because I thought it would be cut, but it doesn't matter. The, no, UW, I was... the UWFI yeah. uh, invasion of New Japan. Yeah. Right. So I was just saying that, that as far as like booking is concerned, the biggest thing he's known for is not something that was exactly original idea. And it's not even just the idea. It's the fact that it was seizing an opportunity. It was the fact that Scott Hall was unhappy and became available, mm-hmm. that Kevin Nash was unhappy and became available around the same time. Right. Uh, a lot of his success was predicated on these fortuitous circumstances that he's not necessarily going to be able to replicate. You can't right. replicate the right guy becoming contractually free at mm-hmm. the right time. Yeah, so it, it, it's, it's going to be very interesting how that ends up turning out, especially I was uh, also saying on Twitter because over the last like year or so, I've been able to see Eric Bischoff in person like two or three times. Yeah, yeah. we most recently saw him coming into the hotel after uh, Double or Nothing looking, uh, let's say, for legal reasons like he enjoyed the show. Sure. But <laughs> he, I mean... Just my general impression with him and his body language. Yeah, I don't feel like he likes being out doing this stuff very much. Sure, and and I, it just he seems like a kind of guy that might just be happier in retirement. Because I mean, after I was talking with someone about how he has like this huge ranch in Wyoming, right? Yeah, and and I was I was like looking that up, and it's like that looks like a beautiful place. Like, why on earth would uh, I mean? The, the, the one bo- bonus is that the WWE has like the money. So it, the money probably is talking a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if he, if he see, saw the money, it was like, all right, I'll do it. Like, good for him. It, it just, for a guy that seems like that, he's just kind of making these appearances um, just for like a, I don't, I don't know. It just, he doesn't, he just doesn't feel like a guy that right now has like his hand on the pulse of like professional wrestling anymore right yes so it, it just it's a very to me it's a very like him is very confusing paul Heyman, not so much yeah um it just seems like the, there could be a lot of like guys in in like like maybe like ring of honor like that sort of level there's probably plenty of like up-and-coming promoters and executives and guys that they could find and instead of like pulling back and grabbing someone from 
you know, 15 years ago that didn't necessarily do a lot of the booking stuff. I also think that there's probably guys in their organization right now on their writing staff. Right. Where if they were given a chance to truly get their ideas across instead of writing a script that gets thrown out by Vince or gets overproduced to hell by Kevin Dunn. Mm-hmm. And I and I know that those are kind of boogeymen and, and maybe they're not as, you know, I'm I'm on the outside and maybe they're it doesn't work the way I think it does. Sure. But I just know that there's a lot of former writers who talk about their ideas and have podcasts or have, you know, just Twitter accounts or Court Bauer who has uh MLW. He's actually running, you know, his own fairly successful promotion. Right. It just seems like there's a lot of guys who have talked about what their experience was like there. And it's basically just if you really have a, if you have a problem, your problem is that Vince McMahon is running the show, that he really d- truly does control everything. And what you see is what he thinks is good or what he thinks is going to entertain uh, him or what he thinks is going to entertain you. It's just he, he I think he's lost a little bit of his sense of what's going to entertain you. Yeah. And, and there is kind of also this bottom line thing where it's like. One thing Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff have is they know how to talk to Vince. Sure, yeah. And so, <laughs> I don't know. It just, this. It, there's something about it. I mean, it's obviously like some sort of panic move. And I can't help but feel like it still is stemming from um, John Moxley talking about the difficulties mm, of Vince. Sure. That, that I don't, maybe they're, the WWE's trying to figure out ways to to better manage Hammy Mitzik man around yeah in a way that that he's unaware that they're trying to do that <laughs> I don't know it just every like everything about this announcement is just it, it, it I don't know it there's so many questions yes as far as why they're doing this it doesn't seem like um it doesn't seem like a forward-thinking move what a crazy week it has been I mean Yesterday, the most important thing that was happening was that Seth Rollins and Will Ospreay were sniping at each other on Twitter, it's and that a, seemed like a big deal. <laughs> it was. It's been a crazy week for WWE. Yeah. Like I was. I mean, even just yesterday, I I was ready to come in to talk about the no wrestling during commercial breaks, which is fucking insane. Yeah, it's such a bizarre way to to run like a television show, in which they want this to be treated like a real sport like it just but that's like way down like i'm not i'm no longer even interested in that story because like there's so many other stories that are more important than that yeah and and of course like the you know just that little tidbit about tommy dreamer wanting to do a murder suicide (laughs) at wrestlemania 17 yeah if you haven't seen that one it's bonkers uh i I don't have I i don't remember who the interview is with um but just like just google dreamer Heyman murder suicide, <laughs> right? <laughs> You'll end up on some kind of weird watch list, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, I just as a just don't try to dive too much into Tommy Dreamer because it's super depressing. Yeah, that uh, I just read the excerpt that was in like a screenshot that I sent you. I did not read the full interview, and it was. I mean, it's very very sad. And thank God that uh, whatever tailspin he was in at the time he he pulled himself out of i guess is is the the good part about that he didn't kill someone and then kill himself at wrestlemania right so let's celebrate that instead oh boy we took a weird turn this was the bischoff emergency audio but uh, that that was wwe this week though yeah it has been just a crazy week and what an insane capper to it uh so i'm really excited to see where this goes 
given my experience with being a WWE fan, uh, nowhere. It'll go nowhere and things will be mm. the exact same as they've always been. Yeah. Uh, the only times that we've had anything like this, uh, Bill Watts had a stint where he was told that he was going to head creative in WWE. I forget exactly when that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Jerry Jarrett was kind of promised similar things uh, during the steroid trial when it looked like Vince might be going away for a while. Yeah. Um, and both of them ended up, I mean, Jared ended up not being needed because Vince didn't go to prison, mm-hmm. but Bill Watts quit pretty quickly after he had started there because he had been told that he would have true creative authority and he just yeah. didn't because Vince is incapable or was, I guess we'll see, but he was incapable at the time of giving it up. I was just, I was just going to say that um, you mentioned Jerry Jarrett, but they, they just hired Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Um, I feel, and he, I mean, if there's anyone in the history of wrestling that knows how to do the business side <laughs> of a promotion, it's Jeff Jarrett. Well, he certainly knows how to survive, right. uh, despite all odds. Right. <laughs> and he knows how to find, he knows how to find, like, uh, dealings with other promotions where you would assume he could not find them, too. Um, it, it, it I just feel like that they they maybe could have found like a better answer from within their own promotion than to bring in some a couple of guys that well not again it's not really Heyman because Heyman's been around but it's Bischoff who has not been around it's been a, a, at least a decade mm-hmm. more so that that he's not been in this environment mm-hmm. I mean, he he probably has no idea how it's operating right now it ju- it's just it does not seem like a very like a helpful answer. I suppose the thing that works well in Bischoff's favor to a degree, Paul as well, but, but truly in the case of Eric, uh, he doesn't need this. Yeah. He was doing fine on his ranch. He's got, you know, residuals and money. I, it seems like to, to last him. He had a successful podcast. He had all these public appearances that he was getting through Conrad Mm -hmm. money wise. I think Eric Bischoff was doing just fine. Um, so I think that anyone who is in a position where you're going in, uh, to a job that could be high stress, like dealing with Vince McMahon, the fact that you can just walk at any time, yeah, uh, helps, helps you immensely with your leverage. Cause what are they going to do? Fire you? Who gives a shit? I'm going to be back fishing in Wyoming, which is what I want to be doing anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully that's how he approaches it where he's yeah. like, I'm going to be able to speak my mind every day instead of saying, I don't know, like I'm going to be able to just punch in and punch out every day and not really care, which I could see that also happening very easily. And then that would not be very productive, but boy, all right. Like you said, what what a week it's been. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see how that develops. And, uh, you know, if there's anything Bischoff related in, uh, you know, we won't suddenly become a modern WWE show, but if there's Bischoff related news, uh, or things that prop up that I think that merit us talking about. We'll probably check in on the worldwide episodes and just talk about what we think yeah. of the new Eric Bischoff SmackDown. Right. <laughs> yeah, whenever it even begins. All you right. know. <laughs> so if you're listening to this uh, soon after it comes out, uh, that means that our next episode should be following close behind because mm-hmm. we are recording that tonight. So uh, we'll see you then right here where the big boys play. 20 years of Nitro.